When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. Thanks for joining us again, as you would have heard, on our new intro, our new intro music. It's a new sound to Voices of the Vic. Just want to say a big thank you to Pete Wicks, who did that for us. Uh, and also a big thank you to my co-host, who is with me, ladies and gents, Ben Ayton, for setting that up. Um, absolutely brilliant. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, ben, a, a new sound to Voices of the Vic, a, a new, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, new sound to Voices of the Vic. Uh, we've obviously got these new podcast interviews as well. So s- some very exciting times coming up to be on the podcast, Ben. Um, how are you feeling about that? And uh, how are you today? Yeah, no, it's really exciting stuff. We've been talking for a while and we wanted to bring something new to the show and add new features. So, yeah, really happy with the feedback we got from the our um, fans that listen to the podcast on the opposition fan coming on last week uh, that was really good to hear sure. that everyone enjoyed that um yeah the new voiceovers brilliant um new intro music as well we've also worked on a few gifts that we're going to start using as well so yeah it's an exciting time at the moment but also for myself it's exciting as well um baby's next wednesday um it's wednesday the 9th of september so it's getting very close now so yeah exciting times mate on podcast and fatherhood <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely mate absolutely. how are you and, uh, we'll... yeah no very good very good to be back it's been it's been almost two weeks since we've last been back. has it? it yeah oh, wow. two weeks i couldn't believe it but there is a reason for that it's because nothing has been going on <laughs> um not that we've been told anyway we've had a friendly in that time and we still don't know who was actually in that team. There's whispers about what the team was, but we still don't know. And there's like three or four players in that team that 
haven't even been announced yet. So it's oh, it's, it, it, it's been it's weird, time. isn't it? It's, it's yeah. It's, it's like they've gone on the media lockout, haven't they? They've they've, they've told yeah. everyone there's a preseason friendly, and then they're like, right, we're not going to tell anyone. And then even Scunthorpe <laughs> um, Twitter account was getting in on the fun, weren't they? Um, they was they was yeah, calling yeah. the Watford players Watford player. So yeah, Watford player had a good game. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to know who was playing, weren't we? We wanted to know if Luis Suarez was in the team. We wanted to know if like maybe Saar was there. But yeah, it was silence mm. from the Watford admin, which was strange. It is strange, but one player that will definitely be there next season is Glenn Murray. Now I tell you what, when we started this podcast, not you know for the start of this season, our first podcast back, knowing that we're in the championship. Glenn Murray was not a name that I thought I would have on my lips. Like, I, I just did not see it coming. Nobody saw it coming whatsoever. Like, it, I think what happened was he was rumoured, he was then having a medical, and then he signed, like, all in one day. That was possibly the weirdest <laughs> and best-kept secret that there has been. I mean, firstly, before we go into a few stats on him, what are your thoughts on signing Glenn Murray? And like, just how weird is it that we've signed? I thought him? I thought it was a bit weird, but normally when we're linked with players, it's like a build up of a couple of days, isn't it? And then you you keep refreshing mm-hmm. Twitter. But this came out of absolutely nowhere. I think we was linked with him, had a medical, and signed him within the space of three hours. It's like where did that come from? But obviously, there's things going on behind the scenes that we didn't know about. But yeah. Um, when the news broke, I was a bit surprised by it by first, um, I must be honest. Um, yeah. But the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. He's a proven championship striker that's probably capable of 15-plus goals. Um, not 100% sure if he'll be our main striker next year because obviously we've got Luis Suarez. But when called upon, I think he's a perfect fit for us, especially with the likes of Troy Deeney possibly being off to West Brom. Uh, the hold-up plays good for Murray. He has an eye for goal. He's got bags of championship know-how. And that's going to help out the youngsters we've got in this uh, Watford side. Um, you've got to think about the experience as well. The experience of Glenn Murray is going to be vital for this young Watford team, especially when we've like let the likes of Mariapa, Gomez, Ho- Holobas, and potentially losing Dini going this summer. And then when you throw into the likes that Kapoor's probably off as well. So, yeah, re- regardless of how you probably view this signing of Glenn Murray, it's probably important that we all get behind him and like give him the support that he probably needs. Because I've seen a few mixed responses on Twitter. Yes, he's older than we'd all probably like, but but Glenn Murray's the type of striker who's in the right place at the right time and he's very clinical in front of goal. So I think it's a very shrewd bit of business from Watford. I, I think you're absolutely spot on there, Ben. I think you've just summed up what I was thinking and... I think what every other Watford fan that's applauded this signing is thinking as well. Um, you know, you, you only have to see a little clip that Watford put out on their Twitter today and just like the, the, the low crosses and, the, you know, Murray was tucking them away as if it was nothing. Like, you know, he's, he, he's always in the right place at the right time. He is getting on a bit, but he's, you know, positional-wise, very, very good. Mm. But just threw together some things that we know about Glenn Murray. So we've mentioned his age. He's currently 36, turns 37 on the 25th of September. So he's getting on a bit. But if you look at it experience-wise, we have lost, as Ben has mentioned, 
quite a few experienced players and you do need those experienced heads in that team to get you through. Even if they're in the changing room, they will know exactly how to get you through these type of games. Um, He's not the smallest, but he's not the tallest. Six foot one, right footed. This will actually be Glen Murray's fourth loan spell. He's had prior loans at Stockport, Reading, Brighton, and then we're number four. He's in all competitions for all clubs. He's played 200... Oh, no, sorry. He's played 547 times in all uh, appearances. Like That's all clubs, all competitions as well. And in those 547 times, he's scored 202 goals as it's, well. There's not so many people that have scored over 200 goals, is there? <laughs> in their football country. Exactly. That... That return rate is very, very good. Another thing which is worth noting as well, he is Brighton's all-time top goal scorer post the war era because there was a gentleman before the, um, the the war era where he'd scored, I think, 133 from the top of my head. But Glenn Murray, post-war all-time goal scorer for Brighton with 111 goals in 285 appearances. Just to put that into perspective, Ben, the next best goal scorer of all time post-war for Brighton is Ashley Barnes with 53. <laughs> so he's on 53 and Glenmore is on 111. And I think that speaks volumes about the experience that he's going to bring to this. And most of those goals have been in the Championship as well. Um, talking about how good a player he is in the Championship and how much Championship know-how he's got, as Ben explained it, Murray actually lost out to the Championship Player of the Season Award in 2012-13. And he lost out to no other than Matty Vidra. So, and remember how good Vidra was that season? Yeah. Surely that speaks volumes of how good Glenn Murray was and is in the Championship as well. Do you know yeah, no, think? definitely. He was unplayable that season. Um, he's just inc- He was incredible, wasn't he? I think I remember seeing the team of the year. It was Glenn Murray and Vidra up top. Yeah. I wouldn't mind throwing them two together again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, somebody might be returning, which we're going to touch upon at the end of the podcast. So we bear that thought, hold that thought. I'm holding it, I'm Um, holding it. (laughs) It wouldn't wouldn't be a Watford Watford transfer window if we weren't linked with Vidra as well, to be fair. We love Um, an ex. (laughs) And then two, we do, yeah. Uh, two, um, Two little stats as well, which are quite good. Penalties. Because a lot's been made, obviously, a, a lot of people are viewing it as a like-for-like replacement for Troy. You perhaps can't maybe base too much on the like-for-likeness because they are two different sort of players. But if you want to go down that route, Glenn Murray scored 30 penalties. He's missed 13. And one of those 13s that he missed was actually against Aurelio Gomez when Murray was playing for Bournemouth in the 1-1 draw that we seem to have that same score on with Bournemouth all the time. Back in 2015 at the Vitality Stadium. Uh, and I remember that one. Gomez saved it down to his left-hand side, yeah. I think. So, yeah, little interesting. Yeah, the blind of that game, Gomez. Um, didn't he tip one over when he, Cook oh, did an Jesus. overhead kick? Overhead yeah. kick. Yeah, overhead hook. I like that. <laughs> play on words there. Uh, and then the uh, his best records uh, against teams overall, and I'm basing this just on teams that are in the Championship, I thought it was pretty impressive. He scored six in six appearances against Birmingham City. And then he scored six in three appearances against Wickham Wanderers. So hopefully if he does get stuck um, stuck on against Wickham this season. And I believe Wickham is actually a midweek game as well. I think the away one's midweek or the home yeah. one. So, yeah, hopefully he can get brought on at Adams Park and score another 
six, maybe one appearance. <laughs> uh, but that's the information that we've gathered to him. Now, me and Ben thought it would probably be a good idea to speak to someone that would probably know a lot more about Glen Murray and about the style of play and about how he might do and whatnot. So we actually spoke to Josh from the Together BHA podcast earlier today. Uh, and Josh is based in North Carolina in the USA. So we, we, you know, we really appreciated his time with it being five hours behind there. Um, so this is what we said with Josh earlier on. Yes, as mentioned, uh, me and Ben are joined here by Josh from the Together BHA podcast, uh, Together Brighton and Over Albion podcast. First of all, thank you very much for joining, Josh. Um, just want to point out to the listeners that Josh actually lives over in America. So, yeah, um, brilliant. Thanks for, for coming on and whatnot. Uh, we're going to be talking to you about Glenn Murray uh, as we have signed him on a season-long loan. Uh, I want to firstly start off, Josh, by asking... What was your reaction when you first heard the news that Glenn Murray was leaving uh, and coming to Watford? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, it's always a good topic to talk about Glenn because he is truly a club legend. So uh, everybody loves him down at Brighton. Uh, yeah, so when it happened, it was it was something that on my kind of end of season show, I said that I I thought that we would see Glenn leave. But it came out of nowhere anyway. Like we didn't have any kind of rumour that he was going anywhere. Nothing. It just... A, a random midweek afternoon it was like oh Glenn's having a medical at Watford um, and it was it was a shock in that we didn't see it coming in the rumour mill uh, but it wasn't a shock on that end result I think we all expected Glenn to move on um, at this point he he wasn't getting the game time he was getting under Hutton under Potter um, and you know a championship team is is a logical place to go because I think he's still going to smash in the goals at that point so it wasn't uh, it wasn't a surprise, but it still kind of came out of nowhere at the time of the move. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. Um, us Watford fans thought exactly the same. It was one minute it was mentioned to being in talks with Watford, next minute it was having the medical, and I think it, within like the whole three hours of the, the news coming out, he had signed for Watford. It was like, where did that come from? Um, but other than his goals, what else did uh, Glenn Murray bring to the, uh, the Brighton team? Well, I mean, first of all, he's he was at the club for a long time as well. He he was with us uh, when we signed him from Rochdale and was with us for a long time in League One and the Championship before he went over to Palace in the early 2010s. Um, so, I mean, he he brought with him a lot of you know knowledge of the club from the background, and and a lot of the youth were able to gain a lot from him, whether they were you know strikers or anybody else. I think he's such a cool head, and I think you can see that whenever you see him play. Like he's such a chill dude. Um, that you don't see a great deal of, you know, like lashing out or anything too dodgy. And I think that's a good thing for any, uh, you know, younger players to be around somebody that calm and collected. Um, but more than anything, uh, as opposed to his goals, you know, that build-up play and holding up the ball, he did a really thankless job under Hutton in that second season in the Premier League, holding up the ball, uh, just being that player to win fouls and get us out of the uh, you know, a rut when we were just under pressure constantly. And I think that, you know, if he's not going to be scoring goals at Watford, he'll be, he'll be winning you fouls in dangerous positions. He'll be holding up the ball for other players to play on to, and he's going to be playing that classic uh, target man role. 
Yeah, you mentioned an array of skills that he possesses and, um, you know, experience that he brings to Brighton. What would you say, if we was to push you for an answer, is his standout, uh, his best attribute? Uh, positioning, no doubt about it. Uh, he's he's never been a quick player. <laughs> so, I mean, even, I mean, I think he's going to be 37 at the end of this month. And yes. he's, his style of play, you know, it doesn't matter about him being quick or not. His positioning has always been top-notch. You know, there's a reason why he's still banging in 12, 13 goals a season in the Premier League when he was 35. Uh, he finds himself in positions that other strikers don't. Um, and, and he's a, a dangerous finisher when he gets there. Um, and I think that that more than anything is that spot that, you know, you can't teach it. Um, he just has it. And in a championship level, he has a tendency to, despite the fact that he's not exactly a small, small guy, um, he has a tendency to just lose defenders in the box for tapping after header after tapping, like easy peasy. And I, I think that no matter how old he gets, you know, until his body physically won't go anymore, I think he can just keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that um, he scored like over like a hundred, eleven goals, if I'm correct, for Brighton over yeah. those two spells. Is at the club. What would you say is your standout Glenn Murray moment for Brighton? <laughs> um, I think for me uh, personally, it was probably the goal uh, against Birmingham the year we went up, and I think everybody has different ones. Um, but that goal, it was I think it was like the ninety sixth minute from a corner, and it was one one away at Birmingham and it was a horrible night and he scored the winner. And I think it was at that moment that I actually thought we might get promoted after a long time of hoping. Um, and it was his header that did it. And he ran the entire length of the pitch um, <laughs> to celebrate with the fans. And that was, that was a really good one. Um, but I mean, there's so many, I mean, the goal against Manchester United uh, in our first or second season in the Premier League where he just, chipped it over De Gea like it was like he was just in a training session was outrageous as well um the guy just the guy just has finishing skills for days so I think you sort of alluded to this next question which I'm going to ask but I'll ask it anyway do you feel that given his age you know we mentioned that he's 37 I think it's on the 25th of September so he's he's not getting any younger and he's not the paces of guys as you've said but do you think that he could still do a job in the championship? Yeah, I do. Um, I mean, I know like the saying, and I love the saying, like father time is undefeated and eventually he will <laughs> have to bow out eventually. But, you know, I feel like when you get to that age, it's going to happen quickly. You know, you'll see it very quickly, whether he's gone off the boil or not. And, you know, just from the end of last season, when he came on and made a couple of sub appearances, he hadn't lost anything. Um, so, I mean, I can't see it happening, you know, in the next six weeks where he's had a bit of time off. Um, and I mean, I'm not 100% sure on who you have up there with him. Um, I've heard Deeney might be going. Um, but I mean, have you still got Andre Gray? We, we do indeed, yeah. And there's some sort of question marks over whether he'll fit this style of play that we've got at the moment. So there's a possibility he could link up. Would, would maybe Murray benefit playing with a player like Andre Gray, do you think? Or... I mean, yeah, I do. I think that would be like a, a brilliant setup to have. I mean, we when we went up, it was Glenn Murray playing with Sam Baldock, who plays in a slightly similar with slightly less quality way to Andre Gray. Um, and, you know, that standard like championship little and large combo, like Glenn just feeds off of that stuff. He would he would do incredibly well. 
uh, with somebody up front next to him. Um, but or, I mean, alternatively, if you want to just play that three up top with the two wingers instead, like he's going to be doing that all day too. He did that with Brighton for two years in the cha- in the, the Premier League as well. So I mean, I think whoever you put him up there with, he's just got such a good track record in the in the Championship, and you are going to be one of those better teams there as well. So it's just going to be even even easier for him, I think, to to continue scoring goals. I imagine you're going to probably be keeping a close eye on how Glenn Murray performs next season at Watford. But where do you reckon Watford will finish this season? <laughs> yeah, I definitely will. I actually have a close friend here who is a Watford fan. Um, and I said to him when they went down, I said, you could do a lot worse than signing Glenn Murray to fire you straight back up. And here we are. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll be keeping a close eye on it. Uh, I mean, from what I've seen, you seem to have kept pretty much everybody. Um, I've heard the rumour that Decore may finally be going Everton. Um, but you know, I think whenever any team gets relegated to the championship, keeping that core together is the most important. And from what I can see, Watford seem to be committing to doing that. So anything outside of a top six finish, I think would be a failure. Um, and I think a top three finish should be a realistic look, you know, if you keep the team together and, and you can develop under this new manager, I don't know a great deal about him. I have read a little bit about him, but you know, it'll, depend on how he adapts as well and how quickly he can get used to it and I would say if you're signing Glenn Murray it's he's pretty knowledgeable as to what's going to get you goals and and games results in the championship so I I would say you have a lot of reasons to feel cheerful despite just going down well fingers crossed that is the case and uh, if you guys stay up as well we'll be seeing you again next season minus Glenn Murray but uh, I'm sure he'll do uh, do really well but we we just want to thank you very much again for coming on Josh it really means a lot uh, obviously with the time differences and whatnot so really do thank you for uh, coming out we will pop uh, the together BHA podcast link in our uh, description as well so go check it out uh, Tom I'm sure it does uh, an absolutely amazing job and we wish you the very best of luck for the rest of the season well for the season coming up and like I said hopefully we will be back with you in the promised land of the Premier League next season and uh, we can uh, we can talk again when the uh, the fixture of Brighton Watford comes back around. So thank you very much, Josh. Yeah, agreed. Thanks for having me. No doubt it will be another uh, opening day of the season streak if we continue to come back <laughs> up. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. But yeah, no, that's brilliant. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, lads. Have a good one. <laughs> Some very interesting points there, Ben. Some some things to look forward to by the sounds of it. They uh they they sound absolutely gutted that they've uh, they've lost him. Yeah, it, it, I really enjoyed that interview with Josh. I, I loved everything he was saying. It very similar to like how we feel about Troy Deeney, isn't it? Um, yeah, he's a cult yeah. hero, isn't he? And scored so many goals and performed really well for him. But yeah, he, he seems to think that his age isn't going to bother him and he can drop down to a championship and he's going to perform and get the goals that we probably need to get promoted. So yeah, really enjoyed listening to that. Glowing. Yeah. Yeah. A a glowing glowing CV. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And hopefully Josh is right and we do get top three. And uh, as I said to him at the end there, hopefully there will be a, We'll be joining them next season, providing they stay up as well. And um, it was a very wise answer, if you're really listening to this, Josh, to uh, to give us for that table prediction of where how they think we're going to do this season. Uh, you can come on again next season. Uh, another man who's actually well-known for 
well, loads of um, loads of appearances in the championship. He's um, an ex now ex manager, uh, ex assistant manager as well of ours, Hayden Mullins. Moving on, he um, we we all love Hayden. You know the the, the work he's done for the club uh, in his two brief spells, uh, and the work he's done for the under twenty threes with Stacky. Uh, it, it was I think it was only a matter of time before he was going to get a, a job, you know, at another club maybe more permanently in the first team, whether it be an assistant manager or an actual manager role itself. And that's exactly what's happened. The news broke yesterday, I believe it was, as we record this podcast on a Thursday, um, that Hayden was actually leaving to join up with Colchester United. Now, that wasn't announced at the time. That's been announced today. Um, And... They're looking to rebuild and go again this season because they did miss out in the playoffs against Exeter, I believe it was. Um, so they'll be looking to maybe go up again. So Hayden Mullins will be bringing his wealth of experience, no doubt. Uh, he's left, but Graham Stack has actually stayed to work with the under-23s, I assume, which is brilliant because he's another good character. Um, and incidentally enough, um, as as much as we love a, a little fun fact and a little stat here, Ben, um, Colchester's first two games are actually against uh, former sides of Mullins. So they've got Reading in the Carabao Cup and then they've got Portsmouth in the Football League Trophy. Well, a nice little stat to finish that little piece on, eh? Yeah, that's brilliant for him, isn't it? He can reminisce with his old pals. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, but just touch on uh, just touch on Ben. How, how brilliant was he? You know, considering that he didn't keep us up, but just I, I did think he was a, a good breath of fresh air and you know, a, a good coach. I, I really do wish him the best. I'm sure you agree with me. Yeah, no, definitely. Like you've touched on, he's a, he's a decent guy. He, he's got the respect from the other players. He's a very, very good coach. He's he got his ideas across really well with the under-23s where he did a terrific job with them. Um, I think he yeah. improved them dramatically. We've, we've spoken about the youngsters before and Harry Kuehl, he, he has an absolute nightmare um, as our under-23s manager, but Hayden Mullins hit the ground running and he, he did a terrific job. Yeah. Also, when he came in um, and looked after the first team, I thought he improved the team when he came in at Leicester away uh, and pa- Palace at home um, after the yeah. sacking of Kike Sanchez-Flores. So I thought he did a brilliant job there. And yeah, it was just under difficult circumstances for him last season, wasn't it? But he, he gave it his absolute all and that's all we asked for. But yeah, I wish him all the best at Colchester and hopefully it's not long until he actually gets his first managerial um, job. Absolutely. I, I think that experience, as you've just touched on there, with you know managing us twice on two separate occasions and the sort of pressure of a relegation battle, albeit we did get relegated in the end, but that experience is vital. And that that will help him in his in his role. And uh, like you say, we wish him all the best at Colchester United. I'll, I'll certainly be keeping one eye on their scores this season, um, and hopefully, they can overcome uh, the disappointment of losing out to Exeter uh, in the League Two playoffs last season. As I said, now I'm getting good at these links, Ben. I've just mentioned Exeter. I'm now about to talk. <laughs> that used to play for Exeter. I'm getting good then, Robin. I'm You're getting, getting good. good, but I don't want you to get too big for your head at the moment. Just, just <laughs> bring yourself down a peg or two, all right? It's, it's, yeah. I'll, uh, season's not even started yeah. yet. and you, you've gone. It's the new music, isn't it? And the voiceover. You're like, oh. it is. It, it's just got me excited. I'm like a kid at Christmas. 
No, fair play. I, I like what you're doing. It's very smooth at the moment. Let's let's see if it carries on. I, I imagine there's a bump in the road. Yeah, some no pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. The the person I'm talking about is Matty Grimes. Now, if you uh, if you guys haven't seen on Twitter, um, you know we, it's been so so quiet and like everyone's like, what's going on? And then since we signed Len Murray, all these transfer rumours are coming up from nowhere. So. If you haven't seen already, Matty Grimes, who's the captain of Swansea, is has been linked with us, and he's been linked. He's been touted to be the Kapu replacement. Which even the Kapu move's gone a little bit quiet, but we we don't have much on Matty Grimes. But Ben, you've sort of looked into it a little bit as well, and you, you've said you've looked at, you've watched a few clips of him and whatnot, and you you think he would be ideal. The ideal person to to replace Kapu is that, is yeah, that right? I think it's um, if there's anyone in the championship that you'd probably want to come in, it would probably be uh, Matt Grimes. Um, he'll be a great replacement. and he's one of the best midfielders in the championship. Um, he, he could he could fit the system that if it wants to play as well. I've seen also quite good stats that he actually completed the most passes. Most touches on the ball last season and most most successful tackles in the championship for any player last season. Um, wow. uh, it's kind of expected with a Swansea side; they like to play with a ball at their feet, don't they? But he's a left-footed midfielder. He sprays the ball diagonally out wide a lot from the videos I've seen, um, which is good <laughs> because that's what Kapu used to do, wasn't it? He? he always pinged it over for Simon. Sol was away onto the. The, the last defender um, so that looks good he looks very good technically um, has great feet he's very quick with his feet as well um, comfortable and confident on the ball he just looks like the complete midfielder really um, he looks like he's a set piece player uh, uh, taker as well um, not as much as like yes. taking free kicks to score but he, he takes the corners and um, he takes wide free kicks to cross them in and he got a fair few assists for Swansea last season doing that so I wouldn't expect him to score many free kicks but he is going to be helping out with the assists uh, I'd imagine but it's also good that we look I think we've um, might have spoken about this before we need to get recruitment right this season and I think looking at a player like Matt Grimes and also bringing in um, Glenn Murray it's it's the right way it's the right path we're taking um, this season. Um, he was the captain of Swansea, um, a side that nearly clinched promotion last season. Um, so that, that shows that we're addressing like, the lack of leadership in our side. We were saying last season, yeah. we had no leaders in the side. If we get him in, that's another leader in the pack. And also, Glenn Murray is a leader. Yes, he is indeed. He is indeed. And this, although there's quite a big age difference and whatnot, but this signing, if it's to go ahead... Um, would remind me of two signings where one was very nearly a signing and one was a signing. The Ben Watson signing, yes. because he was absolutely crucial. He was, ab- and Glenn Murray sort of reminds me of uh, the Ben Watson signing as well. Um, and another player who we were linked with, which would have made so much sense if we got him. Funnily enough, that was the same season. And I think we went for Watson because we couldn't get him, was Jay Spearing from Bolton yeah. at the time. Um you know, two very, very similar sort of moulds in terms of the experience in the division, as you say. He, Matty Grimes, captained Swansea last season, who narrowly missed out on a promotion. Um, but, you know, he's... 
And he's been around in the lower leagues as well. You know, he joined Swansea from Exeter in 2015. He's had three loan spells. He was at Blackburn when I believe they're in League One. He was at Leeds as well. Um, And he was at Northampton. So, you know, two big teams in the form of Blackburn and Leeds. So he'll know what the the pressure's like with the expectation of the fans there. And then Northampton for the lower leagues as well. You know, he, he will have the experience of playing in the divisions. And you mentioned his assists. He's got 242 appearances in all competitions for all clubs. Only 12 goals, but 31 assists. Which isn't too bad, to be honest, for a player who's 25. And he's only recently started, really, playing regular team uh, first-team football. So, yeah, I hope you're right. And we don't want to talk too much on him because we'd hate for us to completely rumble on about him for a good 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> and then we end up not signing him because Steve Cooper's done an interview today. I would imagine it's in preparation for all of the uh, Carabao Cup games that they're doing at the moment. But uh, he said that he'll be included in the squad for Saturday and there's no official bids being made. Um, And it's rumoured that we were getting him for £8 Uh, There was also a rumour flying about that there was a medical booked in for tomorrow on Friday. But we'll see. If it materialises and we get him, it'll be an absolutely brilliant signing. I think. I think it all depends um, with how but, our outgoings at the moment. It depends how quickly we are to yes. move maybe to Corayon, which frees up another space in the squad. So, yeah, I imagine once that Decoray deal goes through, um, we'll probably submit a bid for um, Matt Grimes. Yeah, and, and just to touch on that Decoray deal as well. So, thank Ben, you're getting in on the app now. You're, you're helping I felt- you're, You'll get I felt left there, out, right? so I thought I, I might as well join him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, just to touch on that Decoray deal, um, we have to credit... Um, I, I don't know his full name. I'll use his Twitter name, but we have to credit Lou Orns on this um, because he's been absolutely superb with what he's reported so far and it seems to be spot on with what he said. Uh, the initial fee is £22 million, rising to £25. They... It sounds as if the Pozzos wanted more to be paid straight away, but they're expecting it to be around half to be paid straight away, and then the rest will be paid in instalments. But it will be 22 rising to 25 million, which I believe also we were never asking for more than 25 million. Um, although Sky Sports, I believe, said 30 million and 35 at times. But I know we've touched on him quite a lot in the last few episodes, as that's really been quite a long ongoing and the worst kept secret in football transfer. But just to touch on it, it looks like it's pretty much done, Ben. Yes, we know that the core A hasn't had the best of seasons, but at the same time, it, it will be sad to see him go. Yeah, definitely. He's been one of my favourite players in the last three years. Um, I love a box-to-box um, yeah. midfielder. Like I've, I've grown up watching Steven Gerrard and watching very closely and I absolutely idolise him and love how he was box-to-box and Watford never really had like a proper box-to-box athletic player until Decore came in and yeah, he's been a great servant for the club. I, I know it didn't work out for him last season. I know for the season before, we probably thought that was the last time we saw him in a Watford shirt and he probably didn't get that move to the bigger club. Um, but he stuck around last season. I think he started off better than he ended the season. Um, but yeah, good servant for the club. He'll, I think it's time to cash in on him now. Um, we signed him for £9.5 million from Rennes and now we're selling him for £25 million. So it's, it's 
just another example yeah. of a, another fantastic gem we've found in the Pozzo Scouting Network, really. But he, I, I wish Absolutely. him well for the future. I know he's going to Everton, so he, he's going to enjoy playing Premier League football still. But I would always welcome him back to the Vic. Um, if he if he's one of these players, if he came back, I know some players don't like clapping players that have moved on and that, but I, w- I would give him an applause if his name was read out on a team sheet if we was playing Everton because I think he deserves it. He's been a great, fantastic servant for the club. Yeah, let's see if they let you in, Ben. Well, we don't know what's going on. Although, funnily enough, I, I will add this little bit in there. There has been some news today that they are trialling two games in the AFL. Cambridge United's first game, 2,500 uh, fans are going to be let in and that's going to be a trial game. Uh, so, just I know it's obviously Cambridge and I think that's what League 2, I believe, Cambridge is. But it's hopeful. It's hopeful news. Um so we hopefully we edge a little bit closer to being allowed back into the grounds and whatnot. Let's so, hope so, mate, because it, they've yeah. been trialing it um, non-league <laughs> at the moment. Because like, like we yeah. know, we both follow um, Berkhamsted on Twitter and that, and that's my hometown yes. team. And they've been able to have um, fans in for the last two or three weeks, and they had to start off with only allowing in two hundred fans for one weekend, and then it raised to like 400 fans so if they've trialled it with non-league I think they're happy with it and like the next step is League 2 with Cambridge so hopefully that goes well because yeah. didn't I see last week that even Brighton had a friendly with Chelsea and two and a half thousand yes. fans were able to go into that game they were indeed yes uh, I think it was uh, very weird it, it will be weird and it will take time to get used to but I just want to be back in the yeah, ground. Same. I miss it. I'm, I, I, I just, I just want to be back in the ground to watch Forest Airy rip it up for Watford again. Oh, Forest, uh, yeah. you've done it again. <laughs> haven't you? I've done it again. I've done it again. Uh, I was worried then. I was like, "How am I going to miss him?" But I oh, tell you what, uh, give me a pay rise. Um, no, so it looks as if um, the rumours might be true. I think we touched on it very, very briefly last week. But it would appear that Forestieri is going to be returning on a one-year deal. That's the sort of murmurs around on Twitter at the moment. Um, and there was also a video that was put out by St Albans because Watford and St Albans have played friendlies for years, as, as long as I can remember now. Uh, and St Albans actually took on our under-23s at London Coney and they put a video out of them having a free kick that hit the bar. And... Um, another person I must give credit to who spotted this pretty much straight away when it came out was at Jack Kea 99. He spotted what it looked like was Forest the area on the edge of the box. Now, it's all well and good. Obviously, these weren't professional camera angles and whatnot and no zooming in. But Forest the area just has a certain run and a certain yeah. stance. It looked very much like Forest the area. And we know that he's been training with the club. Uh, while she's been out of contract and it's something that we've pondered. Adam Levenshall's uh, sort of done a few articles on it with The Athletic. But how would you... We'll, we'll speak about it properly now, Ben. How would you actually feel about Forestieri returning on a one-year deal? Do you think that could be, again, a shrewd bit of business because he knows what he's doing in that league? Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's it's a low-risk um, gamble, isn't it? Um, he's a free agent after yeah. being... See, I've seen people on Twitter saying, 
well, he, he didn't. He didn't sign a new contract with Sheffield Wednesday. No, he he didn't sign a new contract because he he wanted to move on from Sheffield Wednesday. He was offered a new contract, but he decided that it was time for him to move on. So I just want to say that. Um, so he's a free agent after leaving Sheffield Wednesday. We're we're back in the championship now. I don't think he's going to be a starter if he comes in. I think he's mainly going to come in for squad depth, and I think that's what we need, especially with all our strikers being linked with a move away. I think we need um, backup. Um, I don't think he's going to start ahead of Glenn Murray or Luis Suarez or even Andre Gray, maybe. I think it'll be interesting to see because I absolutely love Forestieri and I still think he can do a job for us. But these games are going to come quick and fast, aren't they? Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. We're going to have to rotate. And I think that's when Forestieri is going to come in his own and help us out. Um, he's, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and he, I've, I had a look earlier, and he's he's had two hundred and four appearances in the championship combined with Watford and Sheffield Wednesday, and he's scored sixty goals. Um, for Watford, he's played sixty six times and scored seventeen. And I just hope he can add to that tally if he does come in. Um, I think it's a no brainer to take him in, really. Yeah. No, and I, I want to touch on something that you said before as well in a in a podcast, um, and I think you was referring to another player, but you mentioned how we could use him as Forestieri oh, like player. But yeah, so Forestieri, as we know, when defenses are getting tired, if you bring him on, he's got the feet and whatnot. He, he can unlock defenses. If it's I don't know, as you just said Ben, the, the the games come thick and fast in the championship. You, you're playing sometimes Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. If you're playing a, a tough team who are setting up like a low block or a Wickham or a Rotherham, and sorry to point those sort of teams out, but you know teams that you know are going to sit back a little bit because they might not be as confident going yeah, forward. Yeah, they're coming to a victory. You know that Forestieri. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know that Forestieri is going to wiggle his way through these defenders. He'll pick up little fouls. He'll pick up the odd penalty. I'd imagine as well. So, I'd, like you said, I think it's very low, low risk. You know, he's been at the club before, so he knows what we're about. Um, it, it's a new new style of football, and this looks very much like very passing, fluid movements through the wingers, in the box, cutbacks and everything. Forest, the area, I think he'll throw yeah, I that. Think um, uh, so, yeah, I think he, 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 if he can get a good run of games, but I think he's one for squad depth. I think, yeah, 100%. Then. I just hope if he does come in, there's there's one part of his yeah. game that I don't like in that he, he throws himself to the floor too too yes. easily. So if he is to come in, because I I know fans don't like it, um, and they might get on his back, but I just hope he does that mm. and stays on his feet. Because if I remember right, wasn't we had a away game at the Valley against Charlton? He yeah. committed a foul, got booked for it, and then he got a second yellow card for diving and was sent off. Or was it the other way round? Yes. Uh, I remember he got sent off, but I, didn't we win that game? Didn't Wasn't that the game that Tommy Hoban won it for us? Not sure. Was that even the game that Troy Deeney scored that goal from outside the box? Oh, Christ. That was unbelievable. Yeah. Burkamp-esque. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I know what you mean, though. I know the point that you're making. Um, but, yeah, it's... It is frustrating seeing the player go down as much. He's not as bad as Diego Fabrini was, 
but it's still something that you do not want to see. Diego Fabrini, so do you remember when he went six foot in the air to dive to win that penalty at Reading? <laughs> yeah, mate. Oh, that it was, was like a fish that out of water. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> it's like a salmon. <laughs> Watching a salmon leap. Oh, God, memories. We'll get him back. We'll see what he's doing. He's in the Italian third league. Get the old object. band back together. Um, absolutely. Angelo's not doing anything. He's, again, lower reaches of the, uh, fr- the, the Serie A. I'll throw this out to you. Um, if you could take Go on, a, a player that we signed from Indonesia before back, but it can't be Abdi or Vidra, who would you take back? A player from Udinese, did you Yeah, say? who we signed before. Um, so, so... Yeah, um, I, he's a... Um, and I, I, not a lot of people would probably go this, but I thought he was absolutely brilliant um, in one particular game. Alexander Hayho. I he, I just think that he was very un- overlooked, obviously, because of Troy Deeney and whatnot. He didn't get his luck in. But he, him and Lloyd Doyley were the two standout performers on that pitch in the playoff final. Yeah, no, I thought it, I thought it was good. Uh, I don't think we used him as much as we should have really um, that season. Um, no. I, Who were you going to say, Angela? I, th- I thought he was brilliant. I, th- I felt yeah, sorry. He was, he for, felt sorry good. for him when we re- uh, got rid of him after we got promoted to a prem. I thought he sh- should have been given a go. I thought I thought the prem would have suited his style as well. But look, it's all ifs and buts, isn't it? Also, another one maybe yeah. Tokyo. Um, I think he would fit the system really yes. well at the moment at Watford. Yes. Um, he's done well since left. He worked under Ivic as well. Has he? Did, what, at Tel Aviv? I believe he has. I believe he did, oh, yeah. That's interesting. But yeah, so, I've lo- I love yeah. him, but he's a little magician as well, isn't he? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. God, we'll, uh, we'll be going full 2012-13 season, <laughs> right, especially with the, um, the, the announcements that are pretty much imminent, I think, by the sounds of it, the, the couple of lads that we're signing from Udinese. All we need to do next is draw Grimsby in the cup and Ian Holloway can have another little rant and circle as many of the players as he wants in the uh, in the programme, bless <laughs> him. But, um, but yeah, we, we've just got a, a couple more things that we want to touch on. Um, we, we've got a, a shout out. We just want to thank Tom Wicks at the Golden Pages fanzine, uh, which is a not-for-profit magazine. And they've been going since 2015. We actually... Um, you know, Tom, if you're listening, thank you very much for this opportunity that you gave us. But we actually got asked to do an interview for their Troy Deeney 10-year edition, uh, which is coming out. It's £2.50 plus postage. And you can visit their website, which is goldenpagesfanzine.ecwid.com. I'll read that out again. Goldenpagesfanzine.ecwid.com. And you can order it on there. Go and follow them as well on Twitter at Watford Fanzine and the editor as well. Follow him, Tom Wicks. His name is his handle is at Wicks Football. Um, we're looking forward to getting Tom on the pod at some stage as well, uh, which we've got plans for uh, Troy Deeney's pretty much probable move. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that as well. Um, and we also retweeted the link about it as well. So go and check that out as well. And thank you very much again, Sam, if you are listening for the opportunity. Um, I think it's probably best, the, the, the best way to end the show is to talk about a very important month now that it is September. Um, I just want to thank Ben, my co-host, for sort of bringing the awareness to the podcast account 
uh, and making the awareness sort of visible from the podcast account. Um, it's September is actually Suicide Prevention Month, and we'd just like everyone to know that even though we are a podcast account, whether it's on our podcast account or on our personal accounts, our DMs are always open for a chat. You know, it, it's so important that if you're feeling down about anything, it doesn't have to be football related because we're a football podcast. It doesn't have to be. If you're feeling down about anything and you just need somebody to speak to, we cannot stress enough. Anyone will not stress enough how important it is to reach out and not only reach out to people that you may not know, but reach out to your loved ones as well. Um, as the, the suicide figures are, are, are just absolutely staggering and mind-blowing, especially how it's been in lockdown. We know how tough it's been for people and, and how tough you know it is in general, but especially with lockdown. Uh, we've retweeted a... Well, we've sorry, we've tweeted uh, information on it. We've tweeted a, a list of numbers as well, um, which if you need to speak to someone, please do not hesitate to dial those numbers. Uh, and there's also something that we've put out as well, which is a, a very brilliant document, which uh, I'd really suggest you give it a read. It's just 50 ways to reach out to someone without asking how you are. Um, and I, I just cannot stress it enough. If you're feeling down, I, I know I keep repeating it, but I, I generally cannot advise it enough. Our DMs are open. Just please, if if you listen and you struggle, don't hesitate to give us you know a shout. We, we'll be there. 24-7. Look, Ben's got to get used to waking up early. So even if it's two in the morning, you know, someone will be there to check it and whatnot. <laughs> but in all seriousness, you know, we, we, we can't stress it enough, can we, Ben? You know, it, it, it is something that we, we do want to bring um, visibility to. And it, it is um, a big month this month in terms of that. I'm sure you'll agree. Yeah, I can't add anything on top of that. You've, you've absolutely done that spot on, mate. So well done for... Um making everyone aware of how important this month is. And yeah, like you say, yeah. if anyone needs anything, anyone wants to talk, our DMs are open and we'll be there for them. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, so something we'd usually end the show on, but with it being such a sort of a big thing um, for, for more than one reason, uh, you know, we, we're more than happy to, to speak to anyone if they're feeling down and whatnot, even if it's just a chat about how your day's going. Uh, really, the DMs are open, but yeah, so a little bit sobering to to end the podcast on, but also very, very, very appropriate in this uh, day and age. But yeah, uh, we we, we want to thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Uh, we've tried to keep it as short as as the last couple have been, uh, and we we really hope you enjoyed the the new sound, the new music, and um, like me and Ben have been saying for ages, we've got some really interesting stuff coming on. You know, we've done interviews, which you'll get visibility of. Uh, we've got projects coming up with um, other podcasts, which I'm sure we'll release more information about soon. Um, we've got a possible Troy Deeney edition, um, if and when he leaves. So there, there's lots and lots of things that we, we've got planned up our sleeves, which we can't wait for you guys to actually see the end product done. But, uh, as always, thanks very much for joining. And as more um, as more news breaks, you know, we'll be there, whether it's on Instagram Live, just to quickly touch upon it, or whether it's on a podcast. And it's not long now until uh, we return. Football returns, the Premier League. We are eight days away 
from the opening day of the season against Middlesbrough at home. We will, of course, be back to speak about the Middlesbrough game. But as thank you very much for joining and we really hope you enjoyed it. Stay safe and keep cheering on the Orns from home. And yeah, come on, you Orns. Podcast Network.